0: And welcome back to the Nerds Adulting Podcast I'm your host, Peter And I'm joined once again by my best good buddy Old pal, Josh How's it going, buddy? What's going on, man?
1: Peter, what's going on? Feeling good Had a good uh, good week at the gym Been
0: Gettin eating it. right
1: Been the eating gains. right Yeah, getting the gains, you know <laughs> Been um, working uh, uh, Surviving Adulting Finished the campaign for the new Call of Duty yesterday
0: yeah, I saw that. I saw you posted it on social media. I yeah, it was, it was
1: pretty good. It was I really haven't good.
0: shelled out yet. I was thinking about picking it up, I think I'm going to wait. But Well, that's awesome, man. But here today. We are in our second to last week of our eight-week countdown to Halloween. We're celebrating that with all things horror, essentially just mostly movies and video games. This week was Hellraiser. And not only did we watch and going to review the 1987 movie Hellraiser but we also watched the recent re- reboot of Hellraiser so we're going to touch touch on that for the focuses on the 1987 Hellraiser movie and I'm, I'm really excited to talk about it because I have a lot of thoughts and I was I would say I was kind of pleasantly surprised going back and watching this movie for the most part for the most part I would say I'm kind of curious to see your feelings about it sort of like your what what your experiences were with this movie like did you like aware of it did you not give a shit about it was it something like you know you were like hell yeah i remember hellraiser and pinhead and all the chains and fuck yeah so i'm kind of interested yeah so i'm curious to know sort of like what your experiences were with this movie you know like what were you thinking about when we decided to do this because a lot of these movies that we're doing hold a special place for me in my childhood growing up and that's sort of like why i was picking some of these movies that we did And it's partly why I didn't choose some of the other classics like Halloween. We did want to do Friday the 13th, but we discussed in the last episode as to like why we kind of didn't talk about that. Since we're just doing it. Right, because holy shit, (laughs) was it bad? So, well, yeah, what were your experiences like with Hellraiser? Okay, here is my
1: experience. Uh, I have never sat and sat through the entirety of the original Hellraiser film. Until the past three days. And it's weird (laughs) when I say three days, because I never, I didn't watch the film from beginning to end until earlier this morning. And I'm not going to lie, Peter, I had to slog through it.
0: Oh, interesting. Interesting.
1: Because I don't know, I don't know where to, how to, maybe it will explore more as we begin to talk, but. I, I don't know, I was just bored. I would get on my phone and 10 minutes would pass and I'd go, oh shit, and I'd have to rewind it to catch up, you know, and <clears throat> a couple other times, one time I fell asleep, like it just didn't grab my attention. I could, the I same could. Th- the same thing happened with the reboot, too.
0: You know, it's funny, I was watch I watched the reboot earlier today and I was like, there was like, I think I was an hour into the movie and I was like, man, I'm really freaking tired. I was like dozing off, like, because I will say the new one was too long. ever had almost a runtime of like an hour and fifty minutes. The new one was just way too long, in my in my opinion. The, yeah, what was
1: it like like an hour and fifty-three or something like that? Yeah.
0: The 1987 version I thought was 90 minutes, but I couldn't see your gripes with the slog and the slowness of the movie because a lot of stuff was going on that wasn't was more relative to the story, but it was sort of slow paced and it, I can I can see why you would have some complaints about that that makes sense to me. For me, growing up, that was a movie. So, this is funny. I was talking with my girlfriend about this, and I was like, I probably saw this movie when I was, like, eight or nine years old when I was a kid, and I was like, that's kind of messed up that my parents (laughs) would let me watch these movies, like, because that movie was pretty, pretty gruesome for the most part, right? For 1987, like, that movie was pretty, imagine being eight or nine years old, even watching this now, I think it's still kind of, like, pretty, pretty brutal, you know? So, that was, like, the first thing I was thinking about, I was like, what the hell was wrong with my dad and let me watch these, (laughs) these films? so but yeah growing up we always watched horror films and that was just a thing that i had with my family we talked about it previously and hellraisers it's like one of those films it's probably like one of my first like horror films i can remember ever watching terrified the shit out of me and it really and it really just sort of stuck with me for for a long time even up into the up until today and it's sort of like a legendary horror film for the most part i would say Maybe cult classic, maybe more than that. Well, it's got to be more than cult because there's like nine Hellraiser films. I don't know. There's a shit ton of Hellraiser films. I didn't realize. Yeah, it, it has novels,
1: comic books, I mean, all kinds.
0: It's of- insane. Like I didn't. I was going through Hulu trying to watch it and trying to find it, and I eventually watched it on Prime because it was included with my Prime. But I was really surprised. I didn't realize after three that there was like four or five more. It was just like crazy. And they all
1: to me. they all started falling off. What do you mean? Like so from my understanding from when I was doing my reading about the film after watching it is that pretty much after like the third movie, everything after that went into like, it was like a steady decline in quality and storytelling ability in storylines period to the point where people are like, I'm just watching it because it's Hellraiser at this point, not because it's good.
0: Oh, that's interesting just because they're a fan of the franchise. Yeah. Correct. So, I mean, I will say going back and rewatching this, watching this movie, I, I thought like in general, like the performances were pretty good compared to the things that we saw in the other films. Like comparatively, if you look at the actor performances in this film, I would say they were better than the majority of the other films. Oh yeah, not the, not the thing. I think the thing had probably the best performances out of the movies we've watched so far. Yeah, like compared, 100%. compared to the other ones, I was like, and I. was interesting was that clive barker even though this was his directorial debut he actually wanted like trained actors like he wanted people that had acting chops and had been in and i thought that was really interesting and i actually thought that came through in the film for the most part i mean i think kirsty that's such a weird name me yeah i don't know too many kirsties but Kirsty i think had some moments where was like that's not the best yeah like the part part where he's (laughs)
1: like give me that box and she's like no just like that (laughs) she's like no
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i think like a little kid yeah i think Kirsty and then julia and there were some other i think some of the issues with that too which is what i found out was that they dubbed a lot of the movie because it was all english actors
1: uh, Sean Chapman, who plays uh, the lo- Julia's love interest Frank, mm-hmm. and he's supposed to be the person that's being reanimated through the murders uh, throughout the film. Every single line of dialogue that he spoke was dubbed over.
0: Okay, and that makes sense. So, like, I kind some of the cheesiness. I want I don't want to say the the movie was entirely cheesy as far as the performances are concerned, but it did have a touch of cheesiness in some moments, and I think that kind of is due to the dubbing. Of, but I didn't know I never knew that until so I went down and started looking up facts about this movie. And I never knew that. I mean gr- I mean all these years.
1: But I also yeah. had I also had a bit of confusion watching the film because this is before I started reading, right? Like I watch a film first, I'll I'll read after right. if it's the topic when we that we're gonna discuss. The thing is that um Ooh um the thing is that when I was watching the film, I didn't know where it was taking place. I didn't know if it was taking place in the States or if it was taking place in the the UK because Julia had a British accent or an an English accent but then Frank didn't but then the men that Julia would lead back to her to the house did but then Larry, her husband, didn't but then some of the people at the dinner party did and I was like, what the hell is going on?
0: Yeah, I think, well, after researching the film, they wanted to convey a U.S. The studio wanted it to be conveyed as in the United States, which is what yeah, led they, yeah, to the decision yeah. of dubbing. But right, I get but what they, you're it, saying. They,
1: they thought that it was going to be more successful if it was based right. in the U.S. But the thing is right. that I didn't catch that. I was more confused because I guess not everybody was dubbed or not every part was dubbed.
0: Yeah, it must because, not have been because, they, uh,
1: because I I was legitimately confused. I was like, where is this taking place? Is it is it in the UK or isn't is it in the States?
0: Yeah. I I so the problem for me is I didn't have that thought because I already knew some of the, the things about this being mostly an English sort of or yeah, an English production, even though it was predominantly Made for the U.S. to you know the U.S. market, so I kind of knew some of that, so I didn't even think about it. But I can see where you're coming from, where it can be a little bit confusing um, as far as the location of this film. I yeah. have I have some box. I love doing this. This is like my favorite thing to do. I'm gonna. I have box office yeah. stuff, here. except for our
1: last episode where it took us like 48 minutes.
0: Hey, but see, no <laughs> one knew, knows that because I cut that shit up and made it sound yeah. like only like five minutes of us delivering. That was because. <laughs> I didn't realize Star Wars, whatever. You listen to the last episode of Star Wars, The Last Jedi came out in 83, and we're looking at box office 84, and I got really confused. But you probably didn't notice that. Hopefully, you didn't. But anyways, my favorite thing to do is go back and look at the box office for the years that these films came out. I'll start off with Hellraiser. Do you know what position Hellraiser was when this film went in 1984? Total gross. 84? I
1: thought that... Isn't it 87?
0: You're you're I think you got a mixed up. It's seventy seven. So according to box office mojo, Hellraiser was number seventy-seven in the year of eighty-seven. So what's okay. interesting is a lot of these classic horror films we talk about did not do particularly great in the box office. I will say I will say it did really well as far as budget is concerned. It did oh under, yeah. It grossed almost fifteen million dollars, but only cost a yeah. million dollars to make, which is insane which yeah. I can see why the studio, like, loved it and was very happy. And
1: that's, incl- and that's including them going back and reshooting some stuff.
0: Yeah, everything. Entire budget, a million bucks. That's crazy. I mean, that's, that's an insane amount. But anyways, okay, so there were some... So there were some interesting other films that came out that year that I like to, you know, I like to, you know, touch on. So Arnold Schwarzenegger's The Running Man came out, and that was number 30. You had Star Trek. Star Trek 4 was only 25th that year. Ooh, that's terrible for that franchise. <laughs> You remember Mannequin, the movie? You don't remember Mannequin? Oh my God, I used to watch it all the time. Mannequin was number 21. Nightmare on Elm Street was 20. Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors was 20. That was actually a significantly great showing for that film because I think the original one that came out in 84 was like 80th or something like that, top 80. (laughs) Full Metal Jacket came out. No, that was a re release. I was looking at Snow White. Dirty Dancing came out. Robocop came out. La Bamba came out. Crocodile Dundee came out. Man, top 10 though. Top 10. Number 10 was Predator, another film we touched on separately. The Witches of Easter came in at number 9. Number 8 was was Lethal Weapon. Number 7 was Stakeout. Number 6 was The Secret of My Success. Number 5 was Three Men and a Baby. Number 4 was The Untouchables. Number three was Fatal Attraction. Number two was Platoon. And number one was Beverly Hills Cop 2. With a total gross of 153 million. I'm sorry. Yeah, total gross of 153 million.
1: That's interesting. Platoon at number two.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know a Greedy War film coming in number two. Oscar nominated. I don't know if I can't remember if it was Oscar Best Picture. But I thought that was an interesting year. There's a lot of films that were a staple of my childhood. Like Robocop and Predator. (laughs) Yeah, Spaceballs also came out that year. The Golden Child, another Eddie Murphy movie. That's weird. I think they probably pushed that one back. The Golden Child was not a great movie, but it was one of my like, my favorite films from the 80s. Lost Boys yeah. came out in 87. Can't hey, Buy really? Me Love came out in 87. Dude, there's so many movies in here that are like <laughs> Hoosiers. I would say Ernest Goes to Camp, but I'm pretty sure like I mean, I guess if you're a, if you listen to our podcast, you know about the Earnest movie. <laughs> so yeah, those are the, those are the movies.
1: What an what an impressive lineup! It's funny to see how, I think it is really like a, a, an audience thing. Like na, peop, there's like a, it's very it's a small niche of people that are like, yeah, horror movies. You know, people would rather go watch. Like a war film or a, a funny drama or a rom-com, because they're easier to go by. People are some, you know, sometimes when you have a film like Hellraiser or a film like, you know, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, they don't. I don't think they are going to perform as well as you know their other genre counterparts due to the fact that people aren't signing up to watch a guy's body grow out of a wooden floor. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, also, too, it was almost like a new thing, right? Because, like, horror films weren't as, they just weren't as nuanced as they, that we, as, well, as particularly as we have now. But as time went on, they got better and better, right, with the effects and the storytelling and the acting. It's like they got much better over time. So they're so, sort of honing that genre. Because if, like you said, you watched Friday the 13th that came out in 1980, and it just was not good. And I'm sure yeah, it was not back then it wasn't That good. And neither was I mean the nightmare on Elm Street was creepy for its time. I because I mean especially for younger fans. But even still then, you know, it wasn't like grown-ups watching that film weren't like creeped out about it. Like you know, like my dad always made fun of the Freddy movies. This is fucking stupid. You know, this isn't scary, this isn't horror, whatever. But now as time goes on with the nuance and the the improvements that they've been made just in general, like even watching there was a scene in the new Hellraiser movie where he gets the device removed from him at the, at the end, so he had the sting in his chest. And then, was, even though it was CGI, the way they did his like insides sort of coming back together was oh, really yeah, cool.
1: Yeah, that was pretty cool actually. Yeah.
0: And I'm usually like anti-CG in horror movies, but that was actually pretty well done. I was like, damn, yeah, that's pretty dope. I was like, I, I, I pretty much enjoyed it. So that was just sort of like, I think back then horror films were still finding themselves and. All of those tropes that we make fun of now were still being formed and and, and whatnot. But you, I mean, you're right—an audience, an audience thing. Back then, people weren't looking, probably looking for horrific films like Hellraiser.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, a branding thing. It's an exposure thing. It's, it's his first film, also. Like, for for what it is, you know, it eventually got its following. I just think it's a it's a it's a viewership thing, and so when you're trying to make a film and tell a story, which isn't even fully the story that he wanted, a bunch of stuff got cut out, like additional scenes, so that he that the that the you know the box office, op- not the box office, but producers are like, nah, cut that out, nah, we can't have that. This is I actually Is too much
0: right here that you're talking about?
1: You oh, the me- stuff that they cut. Sure, yeah, go do through. Let
0: me to go go through it. So what you're talking about is the MPAA threatened to give Hellraiser. X rating, which I guess was the thing. I guess NC 17 wasn't a thing back then, and forced Clive Barker to make uh, some of the cuts. And that was shots were removed from the original hammer murder scene, including a shot of the hammer embedded in the victim's head. One scene in which Julia murders a naked man was reshot so that the man was semi clothed. Close ups of Christy shoving, shoving her hand into Frank's exposed guts were removed. Parts of the scene where Frank is being ripped to pieces by the Cenobite's hooks were cut, a shot where Frank's head explodes, and his brains is blasted all over the room was removed. That was from creepycatalog.com, so I didn't. But I thought wow. that was yeah. But didn't anyways, they
1: I think I was reading somewhere that they had to modify some of the uh explicit scenes too, like the sex scenes between Julia and Frank.
0: I didn't see any of that. I mean, I don't I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I because I thought the sex scenes in there were pretty tame, like even for the eighties. Yeah,
1: apparently, apparently they were supposed to include like, um, don't cancel us. Um, <laughs> apparently they were supposed to include like, uh, sodomy. Um, they were supposed to be a lot more uh, vulgar. I guess you could say, like th- showing him like thrusting and stuff, like from the like from behind, like show his butt to give more of an inclination of viewing the whole scene, but, uh, and spanking that they, and this is all filmed. And so Clive said, you know, I don't even know where that footage is now, but it's all filmed somewhere, boxed up.
0: That's interesting, because the sex stuff was pretty tame, in my opinion. I mean, they showed some nipple, right? That was about it, and then they weren't, I mean, yeah, I just, it was, that's interesting, I mean even now the shit that comes out on network television is probably borderline like worse as bad as that but that's interesting I don't know about sodomy, but yeah you know. yeah
1: but so they they swapped that out for the whole like let me threaten you with a knife
0: to you know like a-
1: to, yeah to show that he's a, he's a he's a present man I get what I want <laughs> That's
0: a badass. I thought that I thought that was so weird. I yeah, someone's so weird. I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm brother Frank. Whoa. Yeah, who says that? Like,
1: that's probably something that they say it that way in the UK at the time.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And they, yeah. it
1: just doesn't. It doesn't translate well when you say it under the guise of you live in the Western Americas. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so it's that,
1: probably why that didn't work well because I thought that was weird. I was like, "Who the fuck says I'm Brother Frank?" The fuck.
0: I was like, "Yeah, I thought, yeah, one hundred percent agree. That was that was kind of weird when you said that, but
1: yeah, it's like a. I don't. I'm not trying to get into like a religion argument, but it's like no, I how agree. in how over there they say like Father, like Father Albert, but then here in the states we'll say Pastor.
0: Yeah, you know." Yeah. Over, it's there, weird. over and, there
1: over the over there the word pastor is not, you know, it's not as common as so it's father.
0: So I think Mormons call each other brother a lot, and so that's why I was getting religious vibes from that. Because in Mormons mm. they call each other brother. There was a show and I can't think of it, it had Andrew Garfield in it. I fucking love that show, and I can't think yeah. of the name of it. But he kept saying they kept calling each other brother, and it's about Mormons, and yeah. that's what gave me the religious weird vibes from that. So yeah.
1: One thing that I think contributed to the film not being as popular as it could have been is that People were confused about it, you know, because I think it confused people because it has all this gore, it, the gore, and it has, you know, these, uh, um, what's it called? Uh, what's the word I want to use here? It had this overall like, like dark nature to it. Mm-hmm. But Clive Barker, you know, he says the the film's really a love story. It's truly, it's not mm-hmm. a romantic love story, but it is a love story that has some very skewed. Uh, perceptions of what somebody should or would not do for love.
0: Yeah, because I mean, the main focus of the story is Julia's. I don't even think it was love, though. But the way I guess the way he viewed it was love. I thought I viewed it as almost like, almost like an obsession that she had with Frank, and it wasn't necessarily love. But I could get why. I guess there's a fine line between loving someone and obsessing over. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, but I found that more of as like an unhealthy obsession with a person. If you're willing to kill somebody just so they can come back to life, I don't know if that's technically, well, I guess it could be perceived as love. But I, I know what you're talking about. I remember reading about that, about him saying that he views it more of as a love story. Because really, the Cenobite stuff in the box and all those things is sort of like not even the main focus of this movie, right? It's sort of like- right
1: it's their story about her bringing yeah. him back and, and Kirstie stopping it and understanding what the lament configuration is. You
0: know? Yeah.
1: The the, 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 the Cenobites aren't even in that, aren't even in the film very much. No. You know, the, most of the film is this very slow, like slog through, um, what's happening in their lives between, um, friends and family moving into a new house and, and, you know, uh, Kirsty choosing to live alone and her obsession uh julia's obsession with frank and you know
0: i gotta say Kirsty's dad was way too excited about that house in the beginning when they were looking at this fucked up house and the old food rotting well it's
1: his wasn't it their family's house
0: but i, I don't remember I, probably because i know the house
1: he, the, it's the house it's, they grew up in that's why he wanted it
0: i don't know but he seemed a little bit to me I get that part, but man, that house is fucking nasty, dude. He was you know, way too excited about that. I mean, I get it. You know, you have a house. I, I think they're also trying to play up the fact that it was a house for he can be a be a family with with his wife, Julie, or Julia. And his daughter. I just thought it was weird. He seemed a little bit too happy about the conditions with the conditions of the house and the way it was. It seemed a little bit too happy about that. I was like, yeah, I need to calm down. A little
1: and then he immediately starts moving things in. It's like, can you do some renovations first? Yeah, maybe? clean
0: up. They didn't even clean. I mean, I guess they did do some cleanup because they,
1: they just start slamming freaking <laughs> furniture in there. Oh, dude. Yeah.
0: That mattress scene as a kid, that gives me the heebie jeebies, man. I cringe every time. That nail going into his hand.
1: Oh, you know what's oh. funny is that. The stuff with like the hand cut and the hooks, oh, like when it goes in the skin, yeah, that really did not affect me. No, because I didn't. The practical effects for a lot of the other stuff, I I was like, damn, that's fucking cool. But the the hooking and the hand cut on the nail thing, I was like, that's not how skin behaves.
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> skin I is guess... re-
1: skin is really tough.
0: Yeah, I, I guess it is, it, I mean, because they use probably like different forms of special effects like latex, maybe putty or something to make it look, yeah, it looked very gelatin-like I guess is the best way to explain it in the, yeah. with the hand as specific part specifically. But the, the hook scenes, I think for me, even though, yeah, it's not necessarily like, damn, that looks real to me. It's just more of the idea of having hooks into you and- yeah pulling at your skin i think it's more of the idea of that and seeing it maybe not perfect maybe not maybe not perfectly done or realistically done it's still and that would fucking suck dude that yeah. is not that i i just even even my girlfriend who, who watched it she watched it with me we're just still like kind of like oh oh that's that's not good i don't like that
1: yeah what did you to, think about to, the think, to think that there's some people that are like yeah do you know that that's like a thing like to have hooks like inserted into your back and then they swing you? It's like a performance art. and like I've, the, like I, vaguely the s- remember that I don't example. i don't I don't know if it's in the s and m community, maybe it is, but I know that I've seen like videos in the past like back in the old unrestricted days of youtube they you know they hook people up and then the person would swing and it's on a chain
0: well i I do Remember hearing about that? Because there was a film. Well, I can't remember the name of it to save my life. with Jennifer Lopez, when she goes into like this, like virtual reality thing, and she's trying to like find this this killer's goes into this killer's mind.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I can't
0: think of the name of it. Fuck, I gotta look this. let this out. Um, the something cell. The cell. The Cell? Okay. So the movie was The Cell. And I remember reading about how that that scene where he hooks he actually hooks himself and hangs him. And I remember reading an article about how that's sort of like a real thing. But it's interesting to bring that up because that stuff is actually something that Clive Barker called upon or was influenced on was the S&M clubs where they would pierce each other and use hooks and stuff. They, I don't think they right. hang each other from the ceiling. But those ideas came from him. By going to S&M, S&M clubs when they would pierce themselves and poke and stuff and You know what I didn't shit. get
1: de- I didn't get deep enough in my research for the film to know whether he was in those S&M clubs to get inspiration or if he went there because he's into S&M.
0: Yeah, I didn't see anything where he said that, but I mean like what are you doing there in the first place? So, cause from what I have is this is Barker said that the overall stylistic inspiration for the center by design designs came from a mix of catholicism punk rock fashion and his personal visits to snm clubs in amsterdam and new york personal visits like yeah he's like i'm just going there i'm just going there for research bro and that's all the reason why i'm going there just for research yeah.
1: okay, <laughs> okay Clyde barker <laughs> whatever, so, whatever you hey
0: say. i'm not and i'm not kinkshipping whatever if that's your thing have at it as long as it's consensual it's uh, the only yeah. thing I have about kinks. Like, as long as it's consensual and doesn't involve kids or animals, we're good.
1: <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. But it's, I, th- I just thought it was weird that like some of the gore stuff. Now, some of the stuff they did, I was like, "Damn, like that looks good." Like when she hit him in the face with the hammer and his like jaws mm. like undone and some mm. of his teeth are out. I was like, "Holy mm. fuck!" Like that looks good, right? But then, yeah. I do wish that uh, some other stuff was a little bit more fleshed out. But fleshed I out. did for the for the Pun <laughs> 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 um, but for the for the for the rest of the film, I thought that the gore that they did use was really good.
0: Yeah, I was gonna, I was I was I was very interested interested to get your take on the special effects because of just i don't want to call your cynicism but your just the way you view movies in general i didn't have i get it because i get it, it was in 1987 right i mean what i can't think of a movie from 1987 where they did gore and, and dismemberment and stuff like that where it was like oh my god that's real and then part of me is also like i've never seen anyone dismember before maybe on some like videos that was posted on reddit and stuff you know so I don't know if that's if that's what it would really look like you know what I mean so when I see this stuff I think it's for me it's more of just the thought of it actually happening to me like we talked about the hooks like yeah maybe that's not how skin really works but ooh, that would fucking suck
1: yeah I mean I can I can I understand that sentiment uh regarding that but um yeah I don't really have a problem with the practical effects because it does give the intended effect I mean I didn't it didn't bother me as much because i think that they also went the extra mile with the practical effects in regards to the hooks the hook thing because it looks like it fucking hurts like it's literally ripping skin in the film in in you know Mm -hmm. in a in in real life a hook wouldn't tear your skin like that you know a a a a pronged hook like that but in the film, they do it, and I think it works well because it lends to the credence that the person that it's being done to is in fucking pain, you know? And so, I think that it all works. I definitely am the most impressed, practically, by, like, it's, I've, I was, like, amazed by it, was Frank's reanimation yes. to the floor. It was Awesome. Yes. No CGI, no special lights, just re- reversing the camera. You know, just playing things in reverse and 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 having practical effects and puppeteers and stuff like that. And it looked really good. I thought that the beginning of the film, where uh, Frank, who's played by Sean Chapman, um, he absolutely crushes it.
0: I not will he say. not
1: he not he the actor. I mean, like the team crushes it. Like yeah.
0: It looked really good. I I will say everything that evolves with Frank in general, as far as special effects is concerned, like the way he looked as he sort of was absorbing dead people, you know what I mean? Or even the dead people in general, the way they looked. I mean, I can't say it's realistic, because who knows what it looks like when a fucking weird-ass being absorbs them. So, like, what is this supposed to look like? But it was just, like, terrifying in a way to me, you know? But the special effects for all of Frank, like, when he was in... I say he looked like he was wearing a meat suit or something, you know, like, when he's just, like, all fleshy and stuff, and shiny, like, and shit, like, I thought that was really, really well done. I really was really impressed. I was, like, for 1987, I'm, like, damn, like, even by today's standard, like, that's pretty fucking badass, like, how they did all that, right?
1: Well, the guy that plays the skinless, um, Frank is actually not, uh, the actor who portrays living okay. Frank. It's it's played by another person called, uh, his name is Oliver Smith. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, he plays the skinless Frank Cotton. So, technically, he has more screen time <laughs> than <laughs> then he had to be dubbed over as well. Everything that he said had to be dubbed over as well, because the voice actor that voiced Frank had to voice Oliver also.
0: Makes sense. Yeah.
1: Because he does, he does actually have a lot of lines uh, in the film. He does talk a lot. Dude. Don't look at me.
0: Dude, the fucking crawling like the 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 first version of Frank, like crawling around the floor, the legless Frank, dude, that's fucking creepy, man. Like that was just like, ugh, you You just
1: thought it, you just can't. This like, oh, yep, that's nightmare fuel.
0: Yeah, like this, like there's a lot of nightmare fuel in this movie, which is which is pretty. It it was just really well done in, in general for the most part for the entire movie. Like, I get there were slow parts. I just felt like the entire movie. Like, we actually had a semi decent story. Right, it wasn't great. There's a lot of issues with like, none that didn't explain. They didn't give us any explanation for anything, which doesn't technically make it a, I won't say loophole, but a, uh, storytelling issue. Right. But we just don't know, right? The Cenobites, like, what the fuck? And we didn't know, like, why was Frank able to get out? They never explained that, which is fine. They didn't have to. I would have preferred that they gave us something, other than him just being able to escape. And the acting performances were pretty well done. I'm looking this through the lens from 1987, right, from the 80s, for the other stuff that we've watched. So, the acting, which yeah. was pretty done, which is a great call by Clive Barker, because that's what he wanted. He didn't want some, like, no-names to just get up straight and murdered like they do Friday the 13th. And special effects? Pretty, pretty fucking good, man. Right? So, I'd say, overall, I know we haven't talked about it yet, I was pretty, I was pretty okay with how this movie aged. I don't want to say it's the like the best horror movie from from the eighties. That I don't know. No. What the yeah, I don't.
1: Is, yeah. If I had seen it at a younger age, I'd probably be me. Probably be more disturbed by it. I thought that I've heard people talk about Hellraiser before and be like, "Oh my god, the gore is so crazy!" And yeah. I watched it, and I, I watched it, and I was like, "This is fine." Yeah. Like this, I you mean, know?
0: yeah. I, I even now watching as an adult, I wouldn't say like so. There's like to me, I have my limits with horror, like just straight up gore fest like hostile or to a certain extent some of the later saw movies like i heard they get a lot worse like that's the stuff where for me i get a little queasy and i don't really find it as entertaining like when it's just straight up murder porn like that's how i yeah. got, that's how i took hostile to be hostile it's just all about sheer shock factor and you know i've heard things about like uh I think it's called a serbian film i don't know if you've heard yeah you know i have about.
1: heard of it I have never watched it, but I have heard about things that happen in it, and it just doesn't
0: appeal to me. Exactly. And so, that's where I think, even though this film, albeit somewhat gory, right? You know know what other movie is like that? What?
1: Is uh, The Sadness. I don't think I'm
0: familiar with that one. The
1: Sadness, I think it came out last year, or maybe 2019. One of those two. It's on Prime and it's it's like this uh it's a Korean film, it's a South Korean film. Uh-huh. And no, it's not a South Korean film. I don't remember. Yeah, it is a Korean film. And so I don't remember. I'm sorry. But it it's not it's not in English. The film's not in English. And so um it's just violence, like worse like think about twenty-eight days later. Okay. Right? Okay. But in 28, 28 days later, twenty-eight weeks later, the infected are you know, they're mindless, senseless, they're just like killing people. They don't they they don't bite to infect, they're like their goal is to kill you. Like they just want to kill. It's like a mutated form of rabies, right? Okay. Okay. But in the sadness, it's literally this weird I didn't even finish it, so maybe I'm maybe I'm talking out of my ass, but people become sadistic like sadistic murderers like assault like sexually assaulting people in in broad daylight like slamming babies into concrete like it's they don't show that they don't show that but there is a scene in the film i was watching this with my wife there is a scene in the film where a, uh, a man who is infected will say infected a man who is infected like does some stuff with a with a, a young lady's eye socket that i will not speak here <sighs> and it's and they don't show it but it is extremely revealing what they do show you're like there's they don't leave anything up to like camera work it's like He's doing it. It's not like me thinking he's doing it. It's like he is doing it, and it's just I was like, okay, this film has to fucking go.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's and it's sort of like Uh, you ever ever see the movie? So yeah, I that's how I am too. If it's just straight out murder porn where it's just like trying to do like to shock you, not really something that I'm interested in or appeals to me. But do you remember a movie called High Tension? I know we're going off on a tangent about violence in a movie, but whatever. I'm going with it. Do you remember a movie called High Tension?
1: Yeah, where at the end the chick yeah. finds out that spoiler she's the killer. <laughs> the, yeah, which was the, the e-
0: worst fucking spoiler of any horror movie I've ever fucking seen. But yeah. there was so much crazy violence in that movie where I was almost to the point where like we're like this is just fucking ridiculous. when she slits that the mom's throat and she's up against the closet door and she's just like blood's pouring. I was just like nah man. But High tension, I think in general, was I was okay with as a movie, but still was portaline. I yeah. So basically going back to Gore and talking about Hellraiser, I was fine with it. I don't think it's the goriest movie ever. It's got a it's got more nightmare fuel, as you phrased it, more than anything, I
1: think. Yeah, I would say it's more nightmare fuel than it is gore. Yeah. And like like that that imposing sense of like there's nothing you can do. We're fucking here and we own you. Yeah, you know, in terms yeah. of like the cenobites, and I thought it was an interesting take on like, oh, you will, we offer gifts in terms of 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 pleasures and sensation, and I'm just like, I'm thinking to myself like, you have to be from a weird ethical existence in order to think that having to being literally ripped apart limb from limb is a pleasurable thing. Oh, you! All of your nerves will be stimulated. Like, oh my god! Like, I don't want that. That sucks. Well,
0: actually, that's what makes me makes me want to read the book because apparently the book has really good reviews. What did we say that? The name of the book was The, the Hellbound, Hellbound Heart. Heart. Yeah, exactly. Hot and- jinx, bitch.
1: <laughs> <I'm just kidding.
0: laughs> so, okay, we can't do the episode anymore because I gotta go buy Josh Coke and go all the way to where he lives. Yep. Anyways, no, I. So here's the thing, the lore, right? You and I, huge fans of lore, and I think that's part of the draw of of Hellraiser and Cenobites. But like, we got none of that. We don't understand this, like Cenobites, and so some of the, the things that I read was Cenobites don't understand the difference between pleasure and pain. They view it as the same. I think is yeah. what I was getting. I think that's more fleshed out in the book, and I just want to yeah. like read the book now because I, I think. I hate to be that guy, you know, but I, I am that guy. But, well, the book did it better. You know what I mean? And I'm really interested on the Cenobites and their the lore and the history. And that's what I kind of liked about the new one is they sort of touched on it some. I mean, they gave you the the, the tropey book, you know, notes from the guy that was originally, you know, dealing with it. And they gave us some explanation there about the dimension and where they come from and what you get. You get rewards and stuff once everyone gets sacrificed. So I the my biggest gripe with the film is explanation of certain things of the logic behind Frank coming back what their motivations truly were I guess we I guess we didn't really we don't really need that this is things that I wanted right and more lore about this box and and then cuz for me up until the end I was pretty good with it the ending was just fucking stupid dude I don't I don't know that ending was fucking dumb as hell I was, yeah right i was
1: like i was like what the fuck is this fucking skinless charizard <laughs> skinless
0: charizard <laughs> that's a pretty good one because they're in the okay first but even before that after everything happens they take the box and they're in this weird fucking industrial like area with bunch of fires everywhere like yeah what what yeah what, what was that what was that the whole,
1: thing, the whole the whole the whole ending to the film I thought was really weird. It's Damn. really long and pointless. It was literally her and the the weird scorpion monster baby thing that fucking chases her through the tunnel. He comes yeah. through the door and like uh, so the scene where she and the monster are fighting over the lemon configuration on the floor that's like 30 seconds of her just fumbling of her just fumbling with a fucking rubber prop whose hands don't even do this, like the hands are literally just like
0: yeah, I saw that too, yeah and
1: then she grabs it, and I also thought it was weird at the end that like, all the Cenobites that she encounters none of them try nobody tries you know, like the Hell Priest, or you know, we'll call him Pinhead. By the way, Clyde Barker hates that—that's his nickname. But he's like, oh, yeah. he just accepts it to the, at this point because originally he's was listed in the film as in the credits as lead Cenobite, and then, but he's supposed to be the Hell Priest. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's supposed to be the Hell Priest, and then some of the cast and crew decided to name him pinhead and then that was his forever
0: yeah so he, so interesting about him doug, i don't know if he said his name doug bradley played yeah. pinhead slash lead centibite interestingly enough he was given the option to play mattress mover or pinhead and he actually yeah. almost was going to pick mattress mover because he so said they, that could they see would his see his yes yeah, so they could see his face but by him picking Pinhead, he becomes this beloved, like, classic horror figure and does all these movies afterwards. Imagine, like, being, like, can you just imagine being, the, if it was reversed and how pissed off you would be? I just thought that was hilarious. Like, man, dude, you're a horror, like, icon now. Like, I don't care what anyone says. Like, Pinhead, everyone knows who Pinhead is, even if they haven't even seen the Hellraiser movies, right? For the most part. Yeah,
1: even if you don't know that his name is Pinhead, if you see a picture of him, yeah. you're going to be like, that's the that's the Hellraiser guy. Like yeah. that's it.
0: You just know, and so I just thought that, like, man, just those that one small decision on a on a film that you thought you know maybe no one really knew much about launches you into the stratosphere is like almost like icon status is hilarious to me. That one small decision, and he,
1: it's like it, the the actor who played the original Obi Wan Kenobi. He also was like, this is gonna this movie's gonna flop. It's not gonna go anywhere. This movie's stupid. Nobody's gonna fucking watch it. Lo and behold.
0: Yeah. Forty years later, we're still fucking going crazy for that shit, and like the nerds yeah. that we are. But yeah, I thought yeah. that was really interesting. Uh, I got another fact about the budget. So not all the Hellraisers have had box office re- releases. I don't think there have any been. There have been any box office releases since 2018. But total grossing of all the Hellraiser movies, box office wise, is like 48 million. I don't have the production budget in all of them, but I'm like, damn, fifty million—that's not too bad. The last whos the highest highest gross? The highest grossing one was the first one in eighty-seven, of course, at fourteen and a half million. Fourteen five, yeah. Hellraiser three, Hellraiser two, which came out in eighty-eight. Wow, they came out right with another one, which I don't remember much about. I remember more about Hellraiser three, but Hellraiser two came out and that made eleven million, eleven point six million and then hell on earth hellraiser 3 did 12.5 million and then there was a 4 and then there was revelations there was judgment so yeah i don't know i this is from box office mojo so i don't know like how accurate that is yeah. but i thought that was interesting they've combined for 50 million i was trying to do like an entire franchise but i couldn't find that number of like gross grossing money or revenue from the, for the entire hellraiser franchise i'm like man it's got to be good right it's got to be good got to be more than like child's I mean, play. got
1: to be pushing it. I mean, it got so popular that there was even a, a time where you know, there were he was going to be incorporated into the Freddy versus Jason yeah. film. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because so he he didn't want he the, he was supposed to be the 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 person that they fight when they both go to hell. You know what I mean?
0: Right? We should That have, was supposed to, have done that was Freddy supposed
1: to be Jason. that would that would that, w- that was going to yeah. be like a story point was that you know, the hell priest was who they meet when they get there. And then Clyde Barker says that in his understanding, his perception is that, um, the help or pinhead. I'll just call him pinhead. That pinhead is stronger, both mentally and physically than Jason and Freddy.
0: Hmm.
1: I mean, he commands a whole, a whole, the, the not controls, but he has some power in the realm of hell. Like, who would not be so, strong as
0: fuck? This is where you say hell. I don't know if it's technically hell or not. I- Neither do I, because of the
1: what they say. They say we're explorers. Yeah! From, we're explorers of, of sense of, I don't know what he says. He says they're, that they're explorers of other dimensions of sensation or whatever, something like right, that.
0: Right, 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 yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah. And then he says that some call us like angels, some call us demons, right? Or something like that along the yeah. lines. And so and that once, I don't even think the word hell was mentioned once in this entire film, right? And yeah, so, no.
1: I don't know. I think maybe Kirsty says it.
0: Yeah, maybe. maybe. When, she's
1: like, when she's like, no! <laughs> go to hell! You, you go to hell, Uncle Frank! I don't like you! <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I thought that was interesting. The movie's called Hellraiser, but it's really not, I don't think it's really hell and these are demons. This is sort of like a dimensional thing in the box, the way I took it as, so that that monster you're talking about where she opens up and goes down the hallway when she's in the hospital, I took that as another dimension that she opened up by accident or just that she went into. That's different from the Cenobite dimension from wherever they're at. So that's what I could be wrong, but that's what I gathered from that scene.
1: I mean, some people consider hell another dimension.
0: Yeah, I mean, but we don't. Do we? No one ever considers heaven a dimension. I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know. But yeah, I, I mean, I guess. I guess you could say that. I mean, it's just interesting to me that it's not your quintessential ideal of hell, right? It's in the way the movies the movies titled Hellraiser, so I get the raising part because you're technically raising this dead man baby thing <laughs> frank yeah frank? this
1: dead man this dead man baby thing
0: <laughs> right i mean fleshy dead the man baby fuck thing a,
1: a dumb dumb diaper boy <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man that That's that crazy. was the worst part of the movie was frank i just as far as nightmare fuel or just disturbing scene so yeah
1: <laughs> so i thought there was some stuff that i was like really like some like creative decisions with the the I mean, maybe because they seem desperate, right? Like some of the behaviors of the men that uh, Julia would bring home, like the first man, kind of, kind of predatory, kind of, kind of a little bit of a rapey vibes. Because he like when she's like being a little bit like uh, hesitant. What's hesitant Mm -hmm. he like grabs her violently and he's like you're gonna
0: fucking change your mind i was like whoa but then you saw she was like oh okay you're gonna be like that okay let's go let's do this shit yeah (laughs) like it changed her mind like that
1: (laughs) she's having second thoughts and then but yeah after she was hesitating and he he gets all like aggressive with her that's when she was definitely like i had my doubts about murdering somebody but fucking not anymore (laughs) and then he goes upstairs and he's all like Oh, uh, let me take off my underwear. And then the the, the the film is like, yeah, let's let's look at some old tidy whities on men but let's do it. And I was like, what the fuck? If
0: and some- then
1: the third guy, the third guy I laughed out loud. And I don't know if you know this, but my wife isn't here right now. She's in California dealing with some um family stuff. Uh-huh. So I'm I've I'm home alone with all my with all my pets. Yeah. My yeah. army of fur, right? And so so I'm sitting there watching this movie, I'm by myself, you know, I'm watching this movie, and I'm laughing out loud, alone, which is a weird thing, You people don't usually laugh out loud when they're by themselves, that's weird, but I'm laughing out loud because, like, this guy, they're walking up the steps, and mind you, objectively, Ju- Julia is an attractive woman, right, and so... This sure. guy, they're walking up the steps and he stops her and he's just like, sometimes I get nervous. Or no, he's like, <laughs> sometimes I get lonely. It's like, what's the fucking point of him saying that? Why would you? You pulled, bro. You pulled. <laughs> you pulled You pulled a fucking, a fucking seven, at least a seven, I would consider the way that Julia's character is portrayed. You pulled a seven. And you're like a fucking four, bro. Like, and he's like, sometimes I get lonely. Like, why would you say that? It's just a weird line to put in there. I wonder if it was like scripted or if he said something else. Cause, and then he had an English accent and then they told the the voice actor to be like, I don't know. He says something here, but we cut it out already. So just make something. You
0: know, (laughs) that's funny.
1: And he's the, like, please don't kill me. What?
0: <laughs> the thing that made me like kind of laugh, I, I mean, I was joking around with was if I'm cheating on my significant other, I'm not saying that I do, hypothetically speaking, right? If I'm cheating on somebody or even just with a woman in general. And we're going, I'm thinking we're going to the bedroom. Fuck. And she opens the door and it's a grimy ass fucking addict i'm out bro bye yeah bye <laughs> i'm out i'm deuces but at you're the same a murderer time, at,
1: the, at the same time is this like a weird is that like a weird testament to like
0: <laughs> male desperation yeah guys <laughs> yeah, yeah, that horny like because that window or- was gonna that dude was gonna smash on the boards dude yeah she thing was, was the like first. i've always preferred the floor <laughs> The dirty floor? What the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, with rats and
1: shit in the, the attic. Fucking, I don't
0: know. Uh, okay. I can't
1: see the rats, but we can fucking hear them. You could hear <laughs> the rats in the scene. I was like, "What the fuck is going yeah, on?" Man. Yeah,
0: that, that, that. I think it's. I think maybe that's what they were justifying as these dudes just fucking horny. I don't know. I mean, you need to continue the story, but it's just really. I'm just thinking in my head, like, man, dude, if I was hooking up with some chick and she takes me to an attic, a grimy ass dirty ass attic and wants to bang on the floorboards. I'm out, man. You're going to murder me. Done. And I'm going and over. I'm going to get eaten by a dude with no skin. Something's, yeah, something's going to happen, man. I'm going to wind up yeah, on at, at a this fucking point, pod we're like podcast.
1: <laughs> if the, yeah, if that ever happens, I'm going to be like, for some reason I feel like I've seen this movie. I'm leaving. I'm not doing
0: it. Yep. Yep. No, I'm I'm out, bro. That was like that was my main thing about, Main thing about that. Yeah. Um All right. I don't have anything else uh, to continue on. I think I got a few fun facts. Is there anything else that, that I missed that you want to touch on before we close it out?
1: Well, can we do like a, I think it's a a good, com- like to compare the reboot to this. I sure. don't know if we talked more no. in length about it or we if you're talk, down to. We actually right? did
0: not talk a lot about the reboot. So we can talk a little bit about the reboot. Yeah, let's do that.
1: I didn't mind the reboot that bad. The reboot also, I found myself having to rewind a couple times but i did like the um implementation of practical effects in terms of like the costumes and um some some gore effects that were done like his his arm is all fucked up and the the wires around his arm and the blood coming off i thought that that was really cool i like it was nicely blended with cgi i'll say that cuz there were some Agreed. elements that were cgi but i don't think that it was so over the top that it over overpowered the film. You know what I mean?
0: I will say this. I thought the film was shot exceptionally well. Oh yeah, cinematography I, cinematography, I like cinematography. This lot. practical and the CGI very well done. It was very like, it had big budget feel to me when I watched that film. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: I like the stoic I didn't feel like the actress portraying the priestess or the female pinhead. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't have her name up right now, but I think that she did a phenomenal job. You know, Do you know I she's think that trans. Okay,
0: she's a trans female. I didn't know that until they- I saw read an article about it. She's a trans female. I didn't know. That. I thought she was a you know naturally born female, but she's actually a trans female. So I was like, hey, okay. I didn't know that. Well,
1: Regardless that.
0: Did a bang she, up job. They, 100%, they did. They just, did a
1: great job. I would totally believed it. I like the, the the effect that they gave to the, uh, to the actor's voice. All the other Cenobites were amazing looking. I've, I i do not see why they couldn't get away from the vagina neck. That that's. Yeah, they were like. That, yeah, that they were was, like I Hellraiser, thought that, that was
0: weird. Hellraiser eighty seven was like, we give you vagina neck, and then Hellraiser twenty twenty two was like, I'll do you one more and do like. Huge ass vagina neck. <laughs>
1: yeah, I also liked the pacing more of this film. More, I liked it more than the original. Some people are saying that they really didn't like this reboot. I didn't mind it at all, and I watched yeah. him like in order to do a direct comparison, like literally back to back. Watched the original Hellraiser early this morning, and then late morning I watched the the reboot literally today, and I didn't mind it at all. I thought it was tasteful. It was done right. It didn't overpower. The Cenobite presence didn't overpower the film. Her trying to figure out how to use this device and connect the dots was really the the pinnacle of the film. And it had a villain, and it wasn't, you know, the Cenobites. It was the fucking guy, you know, the, the, the art collector.
0: Yeah, I think for, again, my problem with the film was there was some storytelling elements that didn't make a whole lot of sense like after the main character riley got stabbed they like she forced like pinhead forced her to get stabbed and then all of a sudden she had to pick others pick two more but then it actually worked on one of the demons and then like what happened at the end why did why did voight get the the reward again like remember because he got so they removed the thing from so i was just there was something storytelling-wise that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But in general, I thought I the think movie, that Void I think
1: that Void became a Cenobite.
0: That was my my guess. Like they gave him like
1: that. like that's their ultimate gift.
0: I can see that. That was like mm-hmm. sort of like maybe. My like gift ma-
1: my gift to you. So you're so blessed. I'm gonna let you be eternally suffering forever. And isn't that so great to walk around with exposed skin? Isn't that great? Just have your fucking muscle fibers exposed. Isn't that awesome? We're gonna uh, rip your. That dude, was, We're gonna rip your fucking dick off. It's fucking dope. That I was. Mean, a, he and he wasn't even about it, and they were like, "Hey."
0: Yeah that that and that ending cutscene of or whatever scene when he's whatever is getting his skin ripped off and this cheese like that was gnarly. That was gnarly as fuck. I was like, yeah, that was. C- it was a car accident. I couldn't look away. Yeah. But
1: But I'm I'm sorry, we were talking earlier about the ending of the film.
0: The first one, eighty seven? Yeah, the, the okay. first
1: one. The first one. I really didn't like how she defeat like when I was saying before that they didn't try to beat her. And when I say that I really mean they didn't try like
0: Yeah, they're just she would they stairs, were just
1: being creepy. Yeah. Like And then she's like pointing the thing at them and then finally she like, and she just knows exactly what configuration to do to beat each one, like with no training, no research, no practice. And they just go up and just disappear in a thing of light.
0: I think if you look at it, I get what you're saying and I agree with you for the most part, but what else, she has no other option other than to use that box, right? So maybe she just was like just try whatever she could do because obviously the box was important. That's just kind of like the way I took it. Like, my girlfriend was upset. Not upset, but she was like, how does, because when Frank finally takes over, was it Larry or her father? Yeah, Larry, yeah. She, he he finally literally t- has yeah. his skin. Yeah, and he's like all bloody still and shiny and she's like freaking out, like talking to him not and she doesn't notice it. But I was saying she just got out of the hospital, you know, and she just saw some fucked up shit happen at that house the day before or whatever it was she's still like going crazy and that's kind of like the way I explained that scene away why she didn't notice her father looking all kinds of sorts of weird. So in that scene, I kind of looked at it look at it as she's just she has no other option other than to use the box. Now, her seemingly like knowing how to use the box, I get like, okay, that doesn't make sense. But I kind of explained that away with her. She's just like freaking out. like She has no other option but to try because that's the only thing that she has. Yeah.
1: I thought it was I noticed it immediately in the first scene in the hospital with the weird scorpion demon thing that chases her literally like 10 seconds after they show it and it's chasing her. You can see the cart that it's riding on (laughs) (laughs) like behind it. Like I didn't didn't even have, I didn't even have to try. I wasn't even like looking. I was just like, Oh, there's the cart. Like it was to me, it was super noticeable, you know?
0: Yeah, I know I'm I'm probably too focused on the actual nightmare fuel of that demon because that demon used to scare shit out of me as a kid, like that whatever the way it looked.
1: It is a scary idea. I am glad, though, like that reboot in CGI, like insane monsters like that into the into the film. I really like that. Everybody was kind of like practically suited, you yeah. know?
0: Yeah. I mean, in general, the film, I mean, I'm not going to say because I called a lot of the stuff. I was like, oh, her boyfriend's in on it. This is a setup. You know, yeah. Like all, I, I, oh, Void still alive. Oh, and you know, like he's still in the house. Like I called a lot of the stuff that happened. It was, it was sort of, it was like very tropey in that respect. But in general, I thought it was a pretty, pretty well done movie. A, a really well done horror flick. You know, like the performances yeah. were pretty, pretty well, pretty good outside of some things I and mean, it wasn't perfect but I mean yeah as far as a horror movie in today's by today's standard I, I enjoyed it for the most part yeah, I don't have, right. I'm not gonna say like oh this is don't fucking see this movie if you liked Hellraiser films you should probably see it if you like the first ones I would say you should probably watch this one or a fan of horror in general there was some gnarly shit that happens in this movie man I don't wanna yeah. give away too much but there was like a scene where her friend gets caught and when she takes out the needle in her head and then she uses it I'm not gonna say how she uses it like I was like fuck
1: yeah that was so fucked up she yeah. was like oh this must feel so great i was yeah. like you fucking sadistic yeah. maniac
0: oh i think i had a problem with the ending too and they were like oh you want to be a live a life full of regret and depression that's what you choose and she was like yeah i'm like i would choose yeah.
1: that over having my skin ripped off thanks <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah because she knew she's like if i pick any of your rewards i'm gonna get fucked some way and i'm like she's like i don't want any she's like i don't want i choose nothing i almost like damn all that that fuck but yeah
1: i thought it was weird that she like judges her for choosing that like oh you oh, want to yeah, be yeah you want to you want to have guilt the rest of your life you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to fucking experience the pleasures of pain you're fucking weird like she, <laughs> she's gonna understand like, it <laughs> she's like you just want to deal with this mental stress forever and your trauma that's the worst thing ever (laughs) yeah (laughs) like that's worse than literally being skinned alive
0: (laughs) what the fuck does not compute does not compute
1: (laughs) I feel like that was the only logical choice that she could have made anyways because after it was explained to her like oh they don't keep their promises the way that they say they do it kind of reminds me of like did you ever watch wishmaker i think it's a, i think it's wishmaster wishmaker. wishmaster wishmaster yes yeah. yes where the guy that was a crazy fucking movie in the scene where the guy's like they're in the jail cell and he's like i wish that i could walk through these bars and the guy's like okay and then his body just fucking smashes through the fucking cell bars and his skull gets crushed through it and he's like he didn't like it's like well you didn't say and survive bitch You said you could do it, and you could, but you fucking died in the process.
0: Dude, Wishmaster movies were fucking awesome. I love them. And I'm trying to remember who... Wes Craven. Wes Craven did Wishmaster. Yeah. Wishmaster, I need to go back and watch him, but great horror. And it's got a lot of humor into it, too. But, like, there was one where he goes to jail in Wishmaster 3. I don't know if that was the one. I don't remember, but he, like... So all these people want these crazy ass fucked up wishes, and he grants them. And he just fucking murders people. It's just great. Like man, Wishmaster yeah. is great horror. I'm going to watch that man. I'm, I'm glad you brought that one up. But, <laughs> yeah. So okay, we we talked a little bit about yeah. Go see go see Hellraiser, the new one. If you were a fan of the other ones, this is the best way I can say. It. And if you're a fan of horror, I think you will enjoy it in general. That's yeah. The best, it's best not, way to it's, not a,
1: it's not a bad film. And you know you know that means something coming from me if you listen to us regularly. Yeah. And you know how fucking mean I can be to movies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's easy because horror, I think we don't hold for the most part in high regard as we do with other things like prey and predator. Like, no, those are things that are very special to us because of what preceded them. And, um, Marvel movies, you know, aliens all the stuff that we love we sort of yeah, hold, Star uh, Wars, nerdy yeah, like- stuff we hold it in higher regard than horror i think in most part for some reason i think this is just what we do horror is like we just want to be creeped out we want to see some cool deaths we want the story to make sense and i think in general most of us are pretty happy most of us some people will have different tastes i get it but that's just how, how i look at horror
1: yeah 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 you 100% hit that on the nose
0: all right well I don't have anything else to say about either the 1987 or 2022 Hellraiser. I think we should close this out and give our final thoughts and we'll say goodbye.
1: Okay. Well, my final thoughts on the films is that one, uh, the original, it aged. Okay. I think that in a few more years, like in 10, 15 more years, it's going to be, people are going to look at it the way that we look at <laughs> the way that we looked at a uh, Friday, the original Friday the thirteenth, you know, um, overall, the movie's okay. I understand that it's not really that the villains are not the Cenobites. I really like that take that the Cenobites are just a byproduct of this like weird, sadistic love quarry love quarrel between Julia and Frank um. And the newest version, the reboot, I thought it was fine. I don't have any complaints about it. I mean, like I said, I don't have a lot of vestment myself with the other movies or reading books or comic books. So I really have no frame of reference to be disappointed with, I guess. But I'm also overall not really that, in- don't find it that interesting. I just think that it was an okay movie and I don't really have any problems with it.
0: Yeah, I think that's well said. Uh, for my final thoughts, I'll say Hellraiser was. I hold it, it's like a special place for me. Nostal- nostalgically?
1: For me. Sure, sure. That's a new because word we made up today.
0: Nostal- nostalgically? a word? Anyways, nostalgizing is actually a word that I've heard, I've read before. And- right. But, anyways, so that's one of the reasons why I just like the movie because it's special to me in general. It's just a special film i agree with your take that it that it stands up the test of time okay and i hold that to the performances of the actors and decision to go with actual actors and not unknowns and focus on that i think the special effects actually surprisingly are dated pretty well outside of the horny lightning and a few other things oh yeah (laughs) you know animatronic hands but I was, I was pleasantly surprised, it's a little bit of a slog, you know, the pacing isn't great, but in general, yeah, the 1987 film I think holds up for the most part to this day. I will say, I was really, I was, I think the new one was really good, like I really was entertained by the film, too long, too long, should not be an hour and 53 minutes, it was too long, and I was, that's one of my gripes, and some of the storytelling aspects of the film didn't make sense to me. In general but I was pleas- pleasantly surprised by that film I, I mean I don't know why people were disliking or hating on it but I think it's a good horror flick and it, yeah and I enjoyed it so going back and watching these two films this weekend was a lot of fun I really enjoyed it yeah I think I think Pinhead is an awesome character a lot of fun two fun movies definitely check them out I would say yeah well we made it another episode we could not funnel in Ho- ho- er, horse and yeah. a metal gear reference i don't know how we could do it we couldn't do it today sadly but anyways josh next week i'm gonna play outlast and then we're gonna talk about outlast next week it'll be our last next week will be halloween it's sunday it'll be next monday is halloween can't wait Really looking forward to it and this has been a blast man i love doing these with you so that being said lovely uh you guys have a great rest of your
1: week we'll see you next episode And you guys already know, when you go out there, don't be a piece of shit, yeah? Adios. Bye-bye.